Are you ready to take control of your life? Overcome the obstacles that have been holding you back. I'm Dr. D, and welcome to Quitting is Not an Option, a podcast that inspires and empowers you to reinvent your past and revolutionize your future. I know what it feels like to be held back by past failures and setbacks as I myself lost a multi-million dollar business, home, investments, and marriage due to the bad acts of a CFO. But I rose from the ashes and recreated a new life, and now I am an accomplished author, gifted speaker, consultant, and life coach. And each episode will cover tips and strategies to overcome adversity, overcome fear and feelings of failure. We also have experts and special guests who share their inspiring experiences to support you every step of the way. Together, we can help you find joy in your journey while positioning you towards success. Let's get started. The Comeback Kid, Stories and Lessons Learned. The Comeback Kid is a person who repeatedly demonstrates the propensity to overcome downturns or periods of bad publicity and they rebound to victory or popularity. When you really think about it, you have all been that person in some form or another big or small, real or imagined. I'm referring to a person who, in spite of all their odds, repeatedly fight to overcome, move beyond, and triumph, getting back in the game. The problem with success is that it's not a finish line. It's only part of the journey. It's an attitude and a mindset more than it is a ride into the sunset. For every success, there is a what comes next that is different for each person, and oftentimes, it involves losing. P-Fam, did you hear me? It involves losing, and it's okay to lose. It's the comeback that identifies who you are. Even if you're still at the top of your game now, you have to entertain the idea that you will likely not always be in that position. Things will change and you'll move from conqueror to conquered. That can be a shocking turn of events. In fact, it can almost be suicidal if you aren't aware and prepared. To go from being top of the heap to bottom of the pile can be a gut-wrenching experience that leaves you emotionally broken. You aren't really sure what to do anymore, and you aren't really sure that you have the guts to be dominant again. Instead, you remember how hard it was to fight your way to the top the last time, and the thought of doing that again can seem overwhelming, leaving you out of sorts. Some steps to assist you as you try to make sense of it all includes excuses. 
Stop making excuses. There's nothing more crippling than you listening to your own whining about how unfair things are. If you're not where you want to be, then change the situation. Start with apologies and gratitude, not excuses. You can always find a reason why it's someone else's fault, but shifting blame won't help you start winning again. Accept the fact that it is what it is. Move beyond and never look back. Decide how important it is to win again, to be at the top of your game again. You might not have the will to do it all over again. However, it may be just what the doctor ordered. The key is knowing. So keep in mind, most of success is desire, how badly you want it. If you don't have the stomach for a fight, then maybe you should consider other options. Seriously, before you jump in the game full speed, take the time to evaluate your passion. Then put a plan together. Did you have one to begin with? Maybe or maybe not. However, it's going to take a plan to get moving again. Your plan must include a clear-cut set of milestones and goals that you plan on executing. You must have clearly defined action items to include timelines and backup plans. Most importantly, you must know who you are and where are you going. Then look at communications. This is key. If it is new, you need to overshare your plan. Share it with friends, partners, employees, and naysayers. They all need to know what is on your mind and provide constructive feedback. This assessment will allow you to shape and reshape your goals and fine-tune your plans. Then finally, you want to fight to the finish. No one remembers the person who comes in second place. If you decide to fight, you need to prepare yourself to go all the way, doing whatever it takes. You are a warrior. You are a phoenix, and you are in it to win it. When it comes to your competitors or your enemies, you fight to win. Remember, quitting is never an option. You must stay in the game. While fighting is hard, you must persevere. Know what success means, what it looks like, and how hard you are willing to work to win. Now, as I was saying, the comeback kid can be compared to someone, maybe someone in entertainment or sports that comes back after being gone due to extenuating circumstances. The comeback kid repeatedly asks, what does it take to bounce back from adversity? Let's look at someone who made it, including President Bill Clinton. How about the late great rock singer, Tina Turner, and talk show host, Oprah Winfrey? They all had three points in their favor. One, they had support from others. Two, they had a belief in their own talents and abilities. And three, good people skills with a knack for problem solving. That along with finding resilience to deal with anything is crucial in the comeback stage. While everyone is not born with the qualities 
that foster resilience. Anyone, and I tell you, anyone can learn from them if they are willing to stay the course. Take, for instance, some NFL players who we thought were down for the count. However, they came back stronger than before. What about Adrian Peterson, who ended the season with an ACL injury and returned looking stronger and had his best season ever with 297 yards, 12 TDs, and one MVP making NFL history? How about Peyton Manning, who rewrote records after being written off? Michael Vick returned to the NFL from a 19-month prison sentence, signed with the Eagles and threw for 21 TDs. He literally took advantage of the opportunity. And then you have other greats like Joe Montana, Ed Morrell, and Nick Bolas. And again, we mentioned President Bill Clinton, who applied the comeback kid as a nickname to himself after an unexpectedly strong second place showing in the 1992 New Hampshire Democratic primary. People like Stu Unger, an American professional gambler, and let's not fail to mention child actors who returned after long breaks and nailed it. How about Drew Barrymore and Jason Bateman? So you ask yourself, can I come back in life? I'm here to tell you, you can do it. I've been there and done that myself created a multi-million dollar HR and management consulting firm, ran it for 28 years. However, due to the bad acts of my CFO, I ran into problems. I'm a comeback kid and a phoenix who literally rose from the ashes. And here I am, a successful author, speaker, life coach, and podcast host. PFAM, you can do it. Welcome and thank you for joining us today. You're in the right place at the right time. Today, for your comeback education, your comeback know-how, and a comeback surefire journey to success is the comeback kid of all times. This comeback kid will leave you speechless. He will leave you sitting on the edge of your chair and position you for success. Not if, but when you find yourself in a comeback position, setting the stage for your return. Allow me, PFAM, to introduce none other than Mr. Cameron Core. Cameron will share his magnificent stories and how quitting was never an option for him. Cam, as he is affectionately known, is a master trainer, speaker, teacher, motivator, TV spokesperson, seminar speaker, and an incredible friend. He and his wife, Sarah, resides in Atlanta, Georgia. He is the proud father of two daughters and grandfather to one. Pam attended Troy University, where he earned a double major in psychology and social rehabilitation with a minor in business management. Are you ready, PFAM, to meet the president and co-owner of ClickBank Media, the president and co-owner of SwitchU, the president and co-owner of Travel Gig and Happy Trips, the president and co-owner of Boiling Point LLC, and 
the president and co-owner of 212 Technologies, LLC. Welcome, Cam. Thank you for joining us today. How are you? Well, Dr. D. Carroll, I'm already inspired. I'm doing fantastic on this beautiful Saturday morning. And I just take my hat off to you uh, for your story, for how you have overcome. And this podcast is revolutionary. I, I, I see it. You know, the, the, the world is just scattered with people that do not overcome adversity, with people that are and have the tendency to quit. And quitting is not an option is so inspiring to me. I am plugged into you. Uh, so inspired by your leadership, your love for people, and the absolute uh, vision and crusade to helping people take their lives to the next level. I'm super giddy about being on here with you, telling my story, and just really honored to be your guest and welcome everybody as you join us. Thank you, Cam. It is inspiring to have you. And after getting to know you, your story must be shared around the globe. It must be. People need to know. So we're honored to have you and we are grateful and thankful for your time. Because when I look at president and co-owner, president and co-owner, president and co-owner, where do you find the time? So we're happy to have you and we're ready to learn from you. Let's start with your humble beginnings, and then we'll go into your stories, because I want to hear about each of those stories, how you did it, where you, where you got the idea, the concept, and we want to let the PFAM know that they can do it with the right commitment, dedication. They can do it, and we're here to inspire and empower them to get on about the business at hand. So, Ken, once again, let's start with your humble beginnings, and then we'll go into the stories. You got it. Well, we all have a story, Dr. D. Uh, we all have a, a story and uh, our lives. I'm 60 years old, but I was born in East Lansing, Michigan. We moved to Florida. My grandfather had a vision. Uh, for being in land development down in a place called Apollo Beach, Florida. He was an engineer. He created the first indoor shopping mall up in East Lansing, Michigan. Did really well there, was successful, but bought a bunch of land down in Florida and dredged up all kinds of uh, waterfront property down south of Tampa, Florida, and uh, just an amazing story there. Uh, growing up in Florida, uh, I did grow up in a broken home. My mom and dad divorced when, when I was about 12 years old. And uh, I did not have a great relationship with my mother. Uh, and through the years, all the way up until I was about 35, we had a very challenging relationship until at 35 years old, got with my mom and had 28 pages, and this is very important. I know I'm skipping ahead, but at 35 years old, I got with my mother and I shared with her 27 pages of the first half of it, meeting at Denny's restaurant in Miami, Florida, 
uh, I had a lot of hurt and a lot of bitterness and anger. Uh, as a child, I was abused physically, mental, mentally, spiritually uh, in that relationship. But God blessed me to be able to get with my mom and share the first 17 of the 35 pages of all of the things that I was super grateful to my mom for. And so we had breakfast and there were tears, uh, there were forgiveness, and uh, then we had lunch at Denny's. It continued. And then I went into all the things where there was hurt. And uh, we ended that, that meeting with tears and forgiveness. And I believe it was a major breakthrough and a turning point in my life. Just lost my mom this past year. We, she was my best friend. From that point on, I considered her my best friend. I forgave her. Uh, she forgave me for my hurt and my bitterness and anger. And the beauty of that whole thing is this is one of the big breakthroughs of where quitting on your parents, quitting on your children, grandchildren is not an option. I was able to forgive. And you and I both know, Dr. D, holding unforgiveness in the heart, uh, it, it does more. It's like acid. It does more damage to the container in which it is stored than onto the object of which it was poured. And so that acid is unforgiveness in the heart. And that was just a major breakthrough uh, for me and my mom to where she became my best friend until this past year. I'm 60 years old. She passed away and uh, I miss her every day. And that was uh, one of the greatest things as far as a comeback uh, to me in my life was, was that. That was being successful in a relationship that really, really does matter and affects all your other relationships in your life. But I grew up in Florida. Uh, you know, we did have a broken home. My mom and dad divorced. I was basically on my own from 10th grade on. Uh, I got into trouble. I was wild. I was crazy. I had no boundaries. Uh, I was free to do what I wanted to do. I was a football player, basketball player. I played all the different sports, was popular in school, etc. But I got into drugs. I got into drinking and partying. I had no boundaries and got into to trouble. What part did that play in your success? Because I'm right there with you. I've experienced some of those same things. But isn't there something that forces us to, to push and move beyond and just get really, really focused when we don't have what we call a typical childhood. Very good. Very, very good. I appreciate that. Uh, what it did inside of me, uh, it, 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 it made me have to. I, I didn't have my mom. I didn't have my dad. I was basically on my own. I was living in Tampa, Florida, and I had to pull myself up by my bootstraps. I had to focus. I had to uh, rise up to the occasion. And though I got in trouble uh, in my junior year in high school, I was invited uh, by a dear friend that, and I actually went to a Fellowship of Christian Athletes meeting and it was a life changer. It, it changed my life. 
I uh, radically went from being a partier to being a, a Christian and focused 100% on uh, ch- changing my life and changing other people's lives. And at the end of my junior year, I was the most improved student in the entire high school. I had a bad reputation. I went from Saul to Paul uh, to where now I, yeah, I, I literally was and voted to be the president from being in trouble, being literally in jail my junior year to becoming the president of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. We grew it from 50 people to over 350 people my senior year as president of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And then from there, went to college, uh, president of the Christian Student Center in college, uh, converted the football team, all kinds of great things. Just amazing, fun, high-impact stuff there at Troy State University. Then I graduated and then went into the ministry, did mission work, third world countries, uh, minister of the largest church in Alabama, and started a youth uh, organization with 15 students. We grew it to over 750 students while I was there, ended up in New York City, uh, married uh, Amanda, married Amanda, and we were married 17 years, uh, went to New York City, Jacob Javits Center speaking to 10,000 people on Sundays. So going from a broken home, uh, drugs, alcohol, jail, to God coming in, intercepting me, basically intercepting me from going in the wrong direction, changing my entire life and going into the ministry and in New York City, the largest, most powerful city uh, in the world. and having an impact on millions and millions of people there in New York City. But here's where it goes in the the wrong direction. Uh, My wife uh, at the time did not like being in the ministry. It's very difficult being in the ministry to her defense. Uh, She didn't want to be in the ministry. So um, we ended up getting out of the ministry and I had to figure out as a 30-something-year-old on what I was going to do when all that I knew was the ministry. So I had to start from scratch, figure out my what, what was I going to do uh, to make money to supply and support my family, and ended up in New Jersey, went to work for a company that was established in 1919, Electrolux Corporation, and that's a floor equipment company and I was going door to door selling floor care equipment, vacuum cleaners. And my first month in that business, uh, I worked six days a week, 14-hour days. After the first month, I had made zero sales. And the manager pulled me aside. They said, Cameron, this just isn't working out for you. Uh, And I said, give me another shot. I'm going to learn the system. My second month, I turned it around uh, and was blessed and worked harder, went by the system, created my own system, 
and sold 54 machines. My second month in the business made $13,500, won a car, won a cruise, won a 21-speed bike, all from just shifting my mind and going in a different direction. And uh, so that, that was just an amazing, fun time. So that was your first comeback story. Literally, your first comeback story. Now, tell us what happened after that. So after that, my wife and I moved to Birmingham, Alabama. I went into management with that particular company, uh, but it was not my dream job. It was not what I, you know, going from speaking to 10,000 people to digging dirt in people's home, sucking dander and, and dermis and all the D's, all the dust and all the nasty things. I was an asthmatic, so not a good environment for me to be in and went to work with a, uh, we ended up moving over to Atlanta, Georgia, where I reside now and went to work for a physician recruiting company where we placed doctors in small towns all over the United States uh, to help them leverage their careers. And so went to work with them and I love what I was doing, but then managed care came in, totally turned the medical industry upside down uh, in a negative way at the time where insurance companies were deciding what doctors would do or what they would prescribe, et cetera. So it killed the physician recruiting industry. And so I found myself in a situation. What am I going to do? So what did I have to do? I had to pivot. I had to figure out what do I need to do to take it to the next level, to learn something new. And I went into high tech recruiting, which was in the 90s. It was unbelievable. It was exploding. We all know about the dot-com uh, expansion and explosion. Uh, so I started recruiting high-tech uh, people that were software engineers, land-wind design architects for a company uh, here in Atlanta. But I was commuting 60 hours a month to and from my home a work week and a half a month going to a cubicle environment. The view is not very good from a cubicle, dealing with management, dealing with headaches, dealing with the commute. And one day I was driving back home back in the 90s and it said two hour delay. And I ended up pulling off the road and going to a movie, which I highly encourage you to watch. It's a comedy but it changed my entire life. Uh, I went to the movie called Office Space, watched the movie, and basically it was based in Atlanta, Georgia. Guy was commuting every day to a cubicle environment. I saw myself in this movie. He gets hypnotized. The hypnotist dies. He stays and remains hypnotized, ends up walking off the job the whole nine yards. That day, I decided I am no longer going to live in the rat race. I made a decision. I'm going to start my own company, Navigator International Inc. Uh, and I wrote up a business plan, resigned from my job uh, two weeks later and started my own company. 
and I've been an entrepreneur. Uh, I call myself an underwear entrepreneur ever since. Turned my 60-hour-a-month commute into a 10-second commute from my bedroom to my coffee maker, and I've been doing that ever since. In that company, it was amazing, a ton of fun. Here's the next pivot. So making tons of money, making 25% of people's first-year salary, you place a $100,000 a year person. I had great companies like Coca-Cola, Georgia Pacific, ADC Telecommunications, Altel Business Systems, Par Technologies, all Georgia great companies, local. And I was placing people and helping people, helping them leverage their skill set, helping them go to the next level with their careers. I was so rewarded and felt such purpose seeing people flourish. And at the same time, you place a $100,000 a year person, you make $25,000. You place three or four of those a month, you're doing pretty well. And unbelievable run all the way through the 90s, all the way up to Dr. D. Uh, in 2001, we all know about the dot-com bomb. It, it was like clockwork. Uh, the dot-com bomb hit everybody in January of, of, of two, uh, I think it was what, 2000, uh, 2001, people are being laid off instead of hired. And when you're a high-tech recruiter, that's not a good thing. All of a sudden, the, the talent pool ex it expanded. Jobs were no longer available. People were being laid off. And me, I had money in the bank, uh, but what I have as a passion, I've always had the passion to travel, to see the world. And so fortunately, we had the, the, the month from January to June, we went on two European cruises. We went on two cruises deep in the Southern Caribbean. We went to Cancun twice. We went snow skiing with our families uh, in Colorado, went two snow skiing trips in a period of six months with the boys out in uh, Lake Tahoe. And after six months of traveling like a rock star with no income, what do you got to do? You got to get back to work, right? The tech sector did not recover. And so I, once again, come back to it. I had to figure out what was I going to do? And I, uh, you know, June, I'm looking, I'm in the papers, I'm online, I'm searching. What am I going to do? Where am I going to go? What is my pivot? And the last thing you want to do when you've been in business for yourself is to go back to work for someone else, right? And so I end up seeing an ad in the paper. It said, if you didn't earn $3,000 last week, part-time in the largest sexiest industry in the world, travel, and this got me right here, and to be able to work from the comfort of your home in your skivvies. I was like, this is like the most incredible thing I've ever heard in my life. I got on a plane October 15th. I flew up to the beach capital of the world, Alton, Illinois, 
which is a joke. It's really not the beach capital of the world. But there was a startup company, and it was three months old. And October 15th was the last day that you could file your taxes if you, you know, put it, put it off from April 15th to October 15th. I remember just like yesterday. Fly up there, 2001, excited, was going to be there one day, stayed three days, and fell in love with the ownership of this company. Super excited. Fly back home. I'm going to make millions of dollars. My mind, my vision, it's what I love. It's my passion. It's my heart. It's helping people, uh, you know, get into the travel industry and to be able to travel all over the world. I come back. My wife of 17 years picks me up at the airport. I am Tigger. I am jumping and bouncing off of the wall, telling her what's going to happen, how it's going to be, how amazing uh, thing is th- th- this new business is going to be. And she's quiet. And I go, honey, are you okay? And she says, yeah, I'm fine. I said, okay. Um, are the kids okay? And she says, yeah, the kids, the kids are fine. I said, okay, but you're being really quiet, not giving me any feedback about what I just saw up in Alton, Illinois. And she goes, yeah, well, we need to talk. Thank you for listening. I hope you found today's episode valuable and inspiring. Remember, you have the power to reinvent your past and revolutionize your future. If you want to continue on your journey towards emotional freedom and achieving your full potential, be sure to visit drdcarol.com. That's dr. D-E-E-C-A-R-R-O-L-L dot com for more resources and information. Again, thank you for listening. And until next time, remember that quitting is not an option.